thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE podcast. Uh, haven't been on in a while, been busy, got a lot of stuff going on personally uh, and professionally. I might share some of that information later, but that's not really important right now. Um, the four corner offense is back to kind of discuss the first uh, two weeks, the first round of the NBA playoffs, because let's be honest, there's a lot of shit that's been going on. Um, in here, and I, there's so much I want to discuss. So, so Pat and Alan are with me. Uh, uh, my brother Brian will join here in a little bit. He had a previous engagement. So, Pat, Alan, good evening, guys. How, how are we doing? Splendid. Can't wait good. to talk about the NBA playoffs that I've watched so many games of. Yep. Good to be here. Fantastic. All right. Right out of the gate, um, I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to save that for last. Um, because I, I'm, I've got so many hot takes on that that I'm just I'm going to save it. So what I really want to start off with right now is which team do you think is in the biggest trouble right now? Is it Philly or is it Phoenix? And the reason why I say Phoenix is because as a one seed playing a 10 seed, there's no reason why they should be in a dogfight with these Pelicans. But at the same time, Philly was up 3 nothing and is dicking around. They're just toying around with Toronto. And now Toronto believes, and belief is a powerful, powerful thing. So, Al, I'll go to you first. I feel like Philly's the team that is in the most trouble, yet Phoenix is the one I'm most disappointed in. But I'm curious if you think I'm off base or do you have a different perspective? Um, I think... Uh... I don't think I think Philly messed up. I don't think they're in trouble because I don't think Toronto's got the firepower. Um, I, I think Toronto won some games by sort of you know going back to their old ways and really grinding out some stuff, and Philly just kind of wasn't really they weren't ready to bring closing game intensity. Um, Phoenix though is. Uh, they're um, a little bit more in trouble, mostly because for them playing a young, inexperienced seed, none of their bullshit is working. You know, none, none of you know Chris Paul's not getting the extra eight free throws. In fact, he's getting called for. I mean, even tonight's game, he got called for a moving screen, trying to do one of those open court stop right in front of a defender type things. So. Um, because uh, because it's been alarming for me how differently I feel about DeAndre Ayton these playoffs than I did last year's, and um, you know the fact that you've got Larry Nance Jr. making a living in, on the offensive glass is not ideal when you've got a seven footer um, that was giving you twenty two and ten all postseason last year. So I'm a, and and then just the the mileage factor with Chris Paul. You know, I mean, this isn't the 2011 Mavericks, but this is this is a team that needs to be playing short series, um, d- just to to try to maintain his health throughout the postseason. Yeah, I get it. I, I feel like Larry Nance is finally on the right team. That kind of feels like um, he's, he's he's bounced around, but he f- feels like he's on the right team. I gotta say. I just love how scrappy New Orleans is. Like, I'm reaching a point where I think if you're going to build an NBA team, I think you need to build it 
something akin to New Orleans in the sense of give me two stars that I'll pay. So they've got Ingram, Zion's a whole nother conversation. And they've got McCullum, which is a sneaky underrated trade because he gives them stability, uh, a veteran presence, a calming presence, the whole nine. And he's mature. He's the adult in the room. But then stack the rest of my team with solid veterans and scrappy guys that get it out of the mud. Guys like Herb Jones, guys like Alvarado, who I love. I cannot fucking get enough of Jose Alvarado. And this whole sneakiness he does from the corner and sneaks up from behind you and he's going to steal the ball and everybody knows it's coming and he still does it anyway. Man, listen, give me all of that in my veins twice. I need all of that. And I just think they're really scrappy and I just like the way they play. But... I just feel like Philly is in trouble because there's clearly not a cheesesteak or a stripper that Harden will not fall in love with. Like, it's one thing to say he's lost a step or he's disinterested, but this is, I mean, this level of fall off from being a great, I mean, there was, you could legitimately say at his apex, as a two guard, he was a top five two guard of all time at his apex. You could make that argument. I know you guys won't make that argument because you guys can't stand the way he plays. But as an offensive force, he's a top. He was a top five guy. For him to fall off this far, this far, is so shocking to me that I don't even. I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it, and I just think Maxi is not ready for the playoffs. I think he's a regular season guy. I don't think he's ready for the playoffs because I watched that game they lost. I think it was Game Five, and they never led in that game. It was baffling to me. Toronto just played harder than them, and they're forcing Maxi into difficult shots. Harden's dribbling off his leg. I think he's got glitter from last night's stripper in his eyes and he can't see. Like, I'm totally, totally confused by what I'm seeing. And then with Embiid being banged up, it's, uh, I don't know. Pat, I give it to you. I, I, I don't know. But I think it's, I think Philly's the team that's in trouble, but that's me. Well, <clears throat> when you when you need info on Harden, I'm the guy you go to. I'm, I'm, uh, I, no, I'm kidding. Um, well, here's, you know, not everybody can do what LeBron's done extending their careers. Not everybody has that drive. I think, I think, I, I think Harden's what 31, 32, something like that now. Yeah. So he's got a lot of mileage uh, on the, uh, on the motor. Uh, I think maybe, and maybe Alan might disagree or agree with this. I think playing the way he did in Houston kind of broke him a little bit I, I, in terms of like, Hmm. Be, being hmm. uh being part of an actual team that's trying to do something besides what they did in Houston for those years and we can argue whether Houston was successful or not I know Golden State owned them in in, in those years but um yeah man I mean he obviously has a, a very serious personal life that he he uh he loves to go out to them and, and get in them clubs and do all that stuff but I don't know I I I just think he's one of those dudes that he's good. It's like, he's like a comedy. He's going to burn out. He burned out sooner than maybe we think he should, but I don't, we could, I don't know. He's, he's going to end up being one of those guys. That's 
going to be talked about like Barkley or something. You know, he'll probably never get a title, but he'll be considered one of the better guys to play this game. And as far as shooting guards go, yeah, I think he's one of the, the best to ever do it. I certainly don't think he's the best to ever do it, but he's, he's up there. Alan, what do you think about him? Well, and this is where we stray a little bit out of the playoff lane, but I'll, but I'll go there anyways. Uh, I don't think Philly is in trouble in this series, but similar to my comments on Phoenix, you know, if we've learned anything from the NBA the last few years, it's the healthy team that wins. So you need to win games. You need to end series. So anytime you get yourself extended, you're putting yourself in trouble. Uh, Philly is also in trouble if they ink this man to a max deal. Um, That's where I was going to go. Is this somebody you can give a quarter of a billion dollars to? There's going to be a lot of pressure to do that. And then, Dennis, the other thing that that you brought up, you were speaking specifically of New Orleans, but but like you said, I think think the league – well, Golden State learned it firsthand, and I think the league has watched it. And what Golden State learned was, you know, it, A, it took a, a salary cap miracle for, for that Durant stuff to go down. But B, even after they had locked everybody in, you know, your roster is so thin at that point that if anybody gets hurt, you're not winning the title. And so I, I think people are kind of yeah. realizing, who that three superstar thing is it's not very sustainable in this era where people are hurt a lot. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's, uh, again, going into the lane a little bit about, you know, just looking into the, to the future. Um, and, and I totally agree that, that Harden got broken by the time in, in Houston. I mean, he just, to, to, to watch a guy who just stands anytime he doesn't have the ball, it's, it's, it's incorrect. And, and I will say part of his greatness still is he's overweight, he's out of shape, he's disinterested, yet he is facilitating their offense and still giving you 20 and 10. So while we're talking negative about him, his greatness is the fact that he could mail it in in a playoff game and still average 20 and 10. It's just, I know you can do so much more. And if you're not, Okay, maybe you just reached a point in your career where you just want to contribute and be a secondary guy and you don't need to be the one. Okay, cool. Don't ask me for a quarter of a billion dollars. Because I can't well, I, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like I can't give you that. Like you're not really gonna give that. that. The other right? thing we have to add to that, and you guys know how I feel about the get off my lawn nineties worshipers. You know, I I don't like any of it, even though there's things about that era. And in the eighties that I loved and and I miss, I I think Harden is also becoming a poster for this idea that, that those numbers are just easier to get now, you know, it's similar to how we talk about the NFL where everybody and their brothers throw in for, you know, 66% completion rank ratings. And I think John Elway did it once in his career. So I mean, chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's where we're at. It's easier to throw the football in the NFL today and, and people's career numbers are showing it. You know, the fact that I, I mean, you're seeing guys doing these spin moves and stuff that are a carry that would have been a carry three times over when the three of us were kids. I mean, w- when, when we were playing, if a pass hit you in the hands and then hit the ground and then you grabbed it, if you dribbled, that was a double dribble. I, I mean, the game has just changed. And and it's easier to, to score. It's easier to put up numbers now. And I think Harden's kind of become the poster child for that, where you can put forth 
a middling effort and still somehow have like 23, 11 and five. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, so speaking of like middling efforts, cause I think one of the things that is coming to fruition here in terms of how this is going to play out from a playoff perspective is injury. So in beats hurt Booker was hurt, but I think he's back tonight. Um, Middleton's out, but he's going to get a little time before the Boston series. And Luca was hurt, but then Luca's come back, and Luca's come back strong. Um, for me, from an injury perspective, I think Embiid's injury is probably the largest because it's in his, it's a torn ligament in his shooting hand, specifically in his thumb. And I'll go with your premise out that they'll get past Toronto tonight or Sunday or whenever they play. But then they got Miami next. And Miami, I know there's all this talk and it, people feel it's overrated about Miami Heat culture and the whole line. But those guys play basketball in a phone booth. Like, you could transplant them back to 96. You could put them in 87. And those guys would be okay. Like, I just don't know that Philly because of Harden, because of Embiid's injury, I don't know that they're going to be able to go and progress beyond that. But I'm curious, what injury do you guys think will have the biggest impact moving forward? Because I think the sneaky one is Middleton, but I think the largest one is Embiid. Oh, uh, I mean, Embiid, clearly. <clears throat> I mean, he's he's had an, an MVP-type year. I don't did, did they give that award out? I'm going to be really, really topical no not yet um they used to save it for the award show at the end of the year but with COVID and everything they're just starting to give them out like they used to kind of old school um right. during the playoffs I, so it could come to, it could come at any point so i mean he's certainly got to be up there in mvp I, I i think the the joker will probably end up with it because everyone likes this guy bringing the ball up the floor which i still can't understand that but um no i think it's Embiid. I, I, I mean to answer your question, Al Dog, what, 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 what do you got? Um, you know, I, I like what Dennis said there, where uh, because I tend to agree that Embiid's the big one, but Middleton is sneaky. The Middleton one is sneaky because, you know, I think we, we can't forget one of the things that made Milwaukee make that leap was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Giannis ended up having some really great free throw games. But remember how some of those games last year, he just kind of took that back seat because Middleton could get them buckets. And um, so I haven't forgotten about that. The other injuries, so, so I think Embiid's the biggest, Middleton sneaky. The one that was interesting to me, though, and Luca's great, and you guys know how I feel about that. I mean, he whines a little too much, flops a little too much, but great player. <laughs> But I thought it was interesting how different Dallas was without him. And it was they were they were still playing winning basketball without him. It was just different. That was surprising. That was really surprising to me that Luca was out and game one was close. Brunson gave him 41 in game two, which was completely unforeseen. Didn't see that guy coming off the bench doing that. Then he comes back in game three 
and drops 31 more. Like, no one saw that coming. So now it's 2-1, to one, and they get Luka back for game four, and they almost won it. Like, like they ran a good play and got a good look at the end. And then game five, they blew their doors off. Um, which sort of leads me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is, should they just blow Utah up? Should we just blow it up and, and burn the house down and start over? Because clearly this isn't working. This team is too talented on paper, and it's, it's akin to – Kendrick Perkins was talking about Ben Simmons the other day, and he said, Ben Simmons is that pretty girl that you want to holler at, but you can't really holler at her because she smokes cigarettes. I feel like the Utah Jazz are the same sort of thing. Like, I want to like them, and I can't get there because something's going to happen, and they're not going to reach their potential. Uh, Yeah. I mean... What what did they were, what were they the fourth or fifth seed? Yeah, I think they were the five seed this year. But in previous years, they've been like the they one were number one, two, yeah. like yeah, yeah. So I guess I don't know. I I thought they were smoke and mirrors last year, but that's just me. Um, I know Alan likes Utah, but um, I don't know. I I think whatever that situation with. You know, Rudy Gobert and 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 you know uh, uh, Donovan. What's his Mitchell? Am I thinking? Am I saying that right? Yep. Is it Donovan? Is his first name? Correct. Like okay. like McNabb, but he goes by yes. Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. So those two, I I don't know that that's ever really. They say it's squashed. I don't know. There that chemistry is just it's not there. What they had that left-handed Australian kid for a while. Ingles making shots. I don't know if is he even still there. I don't even know. I haven't watched a, a Utah Jazz. No, game, I think they. There. Yeah, I think they traded him. He's gone, right? But I guess my thing is, it's Utah. I've always despised the Jazz, even back in the day when they had Stockton and Malone. I respected them, but uh, I'm not sad to see them playing like dog crap. Uh, and, and you know, Gobert is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think maybe you know. I think it's over, but Alan will have a much fresher and more interesting perspective than I will. Alan, please take over. Oh, no, I don't know about uh, Yeah, this jazz team is weird. I, I think the thing that is hard to come to terms with for them is that Donovan Mitchell, at least this postseason, is not the shooter that it looked like he was becoming in the bubble. And, you know, the bubble did a lot of things, right? Um, it, it distorted some things. They are, um, and then otherwise, they're just one of those teams that, you know, when you think about some of, some of LeBron's early Cavs teams that would get within sniffing distance of 60 wins just because they played their asses off. But then once you get into the playoffs, well, guys aren't taking nights off anymore. So that shit starts to even out. And I think that's part of Utah's problem. It's like they had this defensive identity and this identity of offensive execution that, you know, the offensive execution gets more difficult when teams start actually guarding you again. And um, so, so I think it's, it's a tough formula. Um, I don't think Mitchell is capable of being a 1A, even though at this time last year, I was probably thinking that he might be. 
or, or maybe this time two years ago. But um, yeah, I, I think you got to move him, and and we can't ignore even you know he's the consummate pro. Everybody respects him, but whatever it is, what is it, nineteen mil or something that they're paying Mike Conley, and whew, boy, God, he that getting a lot of that. They yeah, that guy. Speaking of guys that are like shells of themselves, like Conley is clearly not the player that he that he once was. And that's a lot of money to be allocated to a resource. That's not giving you production. And in a salary cap league, if I'm going to pay you that much, I got to get a level of production out of you. I, I, if I was Utah, I think I'd move Gobert if I could, I think that's what I would do and try and knowing I might have to take 70 cents on a dollar, but at least I could free up the cap space and maybe trade for another star and put it with Donovan because I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently game three or game four, the Utah brass was not happy with the fact that the Knicks brass was sitting uh, front row in Salt Lake City to watch the game. Like, it's out there that they really want him to come to MSG. But after what I'm seeing, I don't know that I would make a play for that guy via trade let me let me say it that way um but but i just feel like they've reached their ceiling let's be really topical uh because this just happened that the philly did end up winning uh and b dropped 33 according to the nba notification on my phone the nba app so good so philly's moving on they're gonna face uh, miami and uh that'll be a dogfight because miami i do like miami I like what they do down there. So. Real dark horse vibes from my. It's hard to be a dark horse as a one seed, but they got real dark horse vibes. I just my issue with Miami is when they need a bucket, who gets it? You know, like I like all their players. Tyler, but, Tyler Hero. <laughs> that's who you're going to. You're going to Hero. I'm going to Hero. Oh God, what's that '80s song? I need a hero. I got that I song need on my a hero. head now. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, that was Bonnie Tyler, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I would move Gobert if I could. I think I would try to get somebody else in there with Mitchell um, as best I could. But um, one team that's not going to get blown up uh, anytime soon because they've they've really done it the right way um, is, is your boys um, from San Francisco, Al. Golden State seems to be back. Um, they're all healthy. They're clicking. They've got Poole now, and I feel like Poole is a bit of a torchbearer. Like, that's somebody potentially you could pass the torch to. And that's kind of how I feel about um, Poole. I guess my question is, and Al, I guess I look to you because you are all things warriors. Um, are they back to form now? Are they back to to who they've always been? Because honestly, I, I personally, I've always liked the version of their team that didn't have Durant. The version of their team that had Durant is the is the team that I like the least. I like the version of them that didn't have Durant. They're back to that now and playing at such a high clip. I'm just curious if you think they're back to form. Uh, they they're pretty close. Um, you know, unfortunately, age and and reality have you you know Iguodala didn't play last night. You know, uh, has got some 
uh, issue with his neck, uh, you know, and I, I think, I think I shared with you guys the, the clip of him, you know, basically being like, he's at the point of his career where it's, they put him out there and say, if he dies, he dies, you know? So they are still missing, you, you know, you can't overstate the number of important defensive plays that that man made. Um, now that said, the vibe to those old teams, Dennis, yeah, your spot on is, is very similar. Just the constant movement. Um, Steph sometimes getting careless with the ball. Uh, Draymond, you know, being obnoxious. Um, defensively, you know, Clay looks like he's back to kind of defending like Clay. Um, Pool, uh, what was he at? I think the 28th pick. I mean, I mean, nobody, nobody could have saw this coming. He was, I mean, he was even still in the G League at some point last year. Yeah, I mean, it's house money with some him. time there. I mean, um, they like they still get a little too careless. They still uh, they, they they foul too much, especially when they go small. Now, granted, Jokic has something to do with that, um, but I I think what impressed me most most was last night's game. Kerr went to this lineup that they're trying to find a nickname for, and he went ahead and they, they benched Looney. I mean, he still played, but they started Poole, Clay, Steph, uh, Draymond, and Wiggins. And, and they got beat up on the boards a little bit, but I think basically what Kerr was trying to do was to just, because he knows that that lineup can put Jokic in the spin cycle. And I think he was just trying to say, you know what? I don't know exactly what's going to happen tonight, but I know for sure that you guys aren't going to jump out to a 15 point lead. Um, which can happen sometimes when they'd have Looney in there and, and Jokic is finding shooters and all that kind of thing. So, uh, they're, they're pretty good. Um, They've they've got shoot. What's going to be this is the perfect example of what makes the playoffs so cool is you know he tried to bring Jonathan Kaminga in a couple times. So you guys know how I feel about that rookie, is explosive athlete, and Denver immediately targeted him. Yeah, they went hunting. Yeah, and and hunted him. And what's going to be interesting is I don't know that Memphis is as capable of that. So it's like, so I think, I think we're going to have some really, and I'm making some assumptions on Memphis, but I, I just don't think the Wolves can close anything. Um, I, I, it's going to make the playoffs really fun to watch because you're going to have these weird series things like what we all remember from the 80s when like random guys all of a sudden run off like 45 points over three games. You know, because I, I think that in a series against the Memphis where they're just going to try to play physical, and when that doesn't work, they try to play more physical. And when that doesn't work, they try to play more physical. I mean, that, that's who Memphis is. And that's we, what we young saw, teams do, too. Yeah, we, we saw them do that to Minnesota. Like, oh, this level of physicality isn't working. Okay, let's, let's do it worse. Um, so I could see a Kaminga having an impact in a series like that where he – played negligible minutes against a more disciplined Denver team. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense. My concern about Golden State is 
When they decide to go small and put this new version of the death lineup in with Poole and Wiggins, my only concern, my number one concern is, given how many miles are on these guys now, can you really expect Draymond to play 40 minutes a night in the playoffs? I feel like you're asking a ton. Because he's the anchor defensively. Like, without him, the defense completely falls apart. And now he's playing the five in crunch time. And, yeah, you got to deal with their shooters, but you've got no rebounding, and they're an older team now. It's it, it's a lot. But I will say this is probably my outside of the team that won it in, f- you know, 15. This is probably my fa- – or, or the team that lost to Cleveland – this is probably my favorite version of them because they're a little older. They've had some injury. They've been through some adversity. I like them, um, but I just don't know if you can ask Draymond to play heavy minutes defensively in the playoffs, and they're relying on him. And to Pat's point earlier about Harden, Draymond's got to be 30, 32 at this point. It's a lot of miles. That's a lot of basketball since – 2015. The, the, the thing that gives gives the Warriors supporters hope, it, 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 you know, a couple things. One, they're, they're, as long as they can score, when they score, that makes their defense 10 times better. You know, as long as the other team's always having to take the ball out of the net, they're going to be okay. And the other thing is Draymond, what was it, two years? It, I think, no, it was in the bubble that he adopted the Andre Iguodala approach to diet and lifestyle. He quit boozing and this and that. So while, yes, I mean, mileage is mileage, um, but at least he's not carrying around those extra 25 pounds that a lot of times, a lot of years he has. So you're saying he's staying away from cheesesteaks? Yes. Okay. So, Pat, That, that think... doesn't help against DeAndre. <laughs> Unlike our friend Harvey. Right, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, unlike our friend Harden, who clearly needs a personal trainer um, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a personal chef, um, Draymond has, you know, because I know Chris Paul went vegetarian or vegan like later in his career, and he said it really helped him and and all that. So to that point, yeah, because I think when you get older, every little bit helps. Like every, you know, thing you can do, uh, you know, to get an advantage in the whole nine. Like I, I, I get it, but. Um, Al, you touched on something that I think is important. Um, you sort of projected with Memphis that you think Memphis can do it. Um, whether Memphis wins tomorrow or not, or if it goes seven, um, can we just make it, can we just extend it and let it go to 15 games? Cause every one of these games has been lit. Like I love every one of these games. None of these games have been bad. And, um, Clearly, uh, Anthony Edwards is built for the moment. Um, would you guys sign up for like eight? If it went seven, would you sign up for eight more games of Memphis and, and, and Minnesota? Because I would. I tap that in my veins right now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I could watch that series for the rest of my life. I mean, it, and, and you, you hit it, and, and it's not just because I've got a – a, a prism rookie sitting about 30, 30 feet away from me. Um, Anthony Edwards, I, I, I don't know how it needs to happen. I will, I'll make myself into a Wolves supporter, but that cat needs to be playing in important games in the postseason 
for the rest of his career because he's gifted. He's big. He's fast. He can shoot it. He doesn't give a fuck. I mean, something needs to happen with either a change of scenery or their, their front office doing a good job to where we continue to see this young man playing this time of year. Yeah, I just feel like Memphis is built the exact way I want to build a team. I'm going to pay Ja, and then I'm going to pay – I'm not paying Jaron Jackson second star max money because he makes too many dumb fouls. But I'd be happy to split that money between him and Dylan Brooks and Bain and then give me – a bunch of dogs. Like to me, Memphis is just a bunch of hungry dogs coming for it. But I will say Minnesota is also built very strong. They built around three guys, even though Russell is frustrating because he comes and he goes. And Anthony or and Edwards is clearly, 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 clearly ready for the moment. That guy's here for all the small. I love him. He's got no fear. And I think game five summed it up. He hits a beautiful three in the corner on a fantastic play drawn up out of bounds. And then he gives up the drive to job because he nice for the ball and doesn't get the steal. Like that pretty much sums him up. But when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns, I have to tell you, and you guys know this, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is Fake tough guys, guys who talk a lot of shit and then, you know, you know, they couldn't punch their way out of a wet paper bag with scissors in their hands. He's one of those guys. He's the kind of guy that can only talk shit when it goes right. Like, I would have loved to have dropped him off in 94 and Gary Payton and Sean Kemp just giving the business all night. Like... I, that guy bothers me and I I know he can shoot threes and I know it's great. And he claims to be the greatest shooting big man of all time, but what am I supposed to do with that? So you can hit threes. That's great. Can you get a bucket when it counts? I mean, do you you remember the play in game where they almost lost? Cause this guy is out here trying way too hard. All these dumbass fouls, that guy I can't stand. And that's why you can't bank on Minnesota to win this series to me. But, but Pat, you are a lover of all things um, outside the box and dumb. So, and Cat's a Kentucky guy. So, he wasn't this way in Kentucky. So, uh, what happened? Well, certainly not. Well, what happened was he got out of college. So <laughs> he was part of the uh, the 2015 uh, undefeated team that lost in the in the tournament, um, and that was a uh, that was really for for you, the avid listeners of this program, and you've heard me talk about Kentucky basketball. That was the last season I really followed them up until really this year. Uh, I don't know why I decided to tune in this year. They were halfway decent, and they got smoked by some fucking school that I've never heard of before, but um, some school in Jersey, but no cat is, um, uh, you know, by all accounts, he's a good dude. Uh, I've always liked him uh, since he became a pro. It's hard to get to know him in college. I didn't know he was that good in college. He, they didn't utilize him that way, but um, 
Yeah, man. The, I, the college game is designed to make the players look bad. <laughs> Somehow it is. It's all the coaches. I'm gonna say because Calipari. Yeah, I'll yeah. say Calipari doesn't. All the guys that play for him are way better pros. Way better pros than they are at Kentucky. I mean, there's only been a handful of dudes at at UK, you know, in the Calipari era that really kind of shined. And you know, I think I think of like John Wall when he first got there. Uh, you know, Boogie was pretty good in college. Um, you know, Anthony Davis, I think was had was fantastic his freshman year. But there haven't been any. You know, Booker was okay. I think he, he was just okay. Uh, uh, but, yeah, he's, he tends to get these guys and then make them play a certain way. Who knows? I mean, college is sports. Basketball is just, it's not that great. I mean, but anyway, I don't know what your question was. I'm drifting. I've been drinking. Well, um, no, 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 you're what good. I do want to jump in with because I wanted to, to help Dennis out because I think when he was talking about Cat earlier and the, the fake d- tough guy thing, I, I think the phrase – that he was looking for was, you know, the type loud as a motorbike, but wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. That's exactly who Cat is. That's exactly who he is. And, yeah, he's, and he's not a tough guy. No. This is why I don't want them to win this series. I want Memphis to win the series because I want Memphis and Golden State. Because it's styles make fights. Golden State are the old heads. They're the veterans. They are the guys that know how to get it done. They've ridden the bike a hundred million times. It came back to them. They knocked the the rust off with Denver. They're coming back. Memphis is everything that Golden State was seven years ago in a different form. But they are everything that those guys were seven years ago. Young, hungry, unproven, untested, star point guard, a bunch of hungry guys around that star point guard. They are everything that Golden State was seven years ago. If Minnesota wins two games and Minnesota plays Golden State, Golden State's going to mop the floor with them. And then on top of that, Wiggins gets his revenge. And then Cat gets exposed by Draymond. No one needs to see this movie. Nobody needs to see this movie. But Memphis, Golden State, it's going to go six. I pray it goes seven. And and the world would be better off if we got Ja and Steph. Agreed. Like, you know what I mean? The world would just I mean, be that, better that's off. That's a great series. I mean, to, to, for, that for that to not be a conference final is a pretty – I mean, that's a pretty big matchup. It is, but so would Phoenix. I, I mean, that's my counter argument. And I'm, since Brian's not here, I'll defend his his sons. Um, but uh, there's, no, there's no need for that. Hey, there he is. What's up, Brian? Joining What's late. happening? Uh, well, uh, you know, go ahead. I'll let you finish. The, these two are carrying the discussion because uh, Uncle Pat over here hasn't watched a goddamn minute of playoffs this year. So I'm just here to add color and, and talk about James Harden in his strip club and how he's got glitter on his shirt when he comes home and all that shit. <clears throat> well, you know, that, that only that's only a big deal if the person you're coming home to thinks that it's a big deal. And then, yeah, he doesn't have that problem, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not even sure he's a married man. Even if he was, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> 
Well, you know, once you get out of that Kardashian thing, you know, certainly the world is your oyster. So, <laughs> so Brian, do be. you, Brian, do you want Golden State in Memphis or do you want Golden State in Minnesota? For what? For, for the, the next Western round? Final? The semi? Oh, oh, semi? Uh, I'm indifferent because Golden State's going to win either way. Damn, Slade, you just had to piss on our parade. I mean, think about it. Like, as exciting as Ja is, like, it, you know. I don't know that I really, I, I don't, be, I haven't seen enough of Cat to believe in him just yet. So, um, Ant is that guy, but I still think that that's probably a Warriors and for Minnesota, best case scenario, six. And I feel it's probably a Warriors in five if it's Memphis. Because if anything, Memphis, Gordon, Golden State showed us that. Um, they're only going to put up with your shenanigans for so long, and then they're going to go on like a 30-2 to two run, and then they're just going to end you. See, you just said that because you know how Al feels about them. You don't really believe that. The, 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 the only I, – I can't believe I'm countering a, a pro-Golden State. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really, because you drink from that trough. <laughs> but the, the only thing – and again, the regular season's a, a different ball game. Um. But but uh, I'll get I'll get some of my pettiness out in this comment as well. Um, l- l- like I said, like Memphis's approach to Minnesota was okay. Let's play them physical. Okay, it's not quite working. So so play more physical. You know, like like Desmond Bain at, at some point was looking like this girl from from London that we played against in in our sixth grade travel basketball who just like literally would just sprint at whoever had the ball with both of her hands stretched out. And, and I'm this, this girl fouled out in literally like eight minutes of play. That's what Desmond Bain looked like, but, but it was working out for him. Are you saying that girl was, was a little miniature Wojciechowski? Yeah, she was. Did she slap the, did she slap the floor? They did. slap the floor. But no, they yeah. did, Alan. They really slapped the floor. Yes. Did they, hold on, Alan. They really slapped the floor. Yes. I can't fucking believe that. Did you? Did but, you want to throw but, up? But or my punch my point is this. I mean, it, you know, and this again. I told. I warned you. My pettiness was going to come out. You know, this league has sanctioned Steph Curry physical abuse more than once in the playoffs. Um, they've allowed him to. These are pretty strong charges. They sanctioned abuse against (laughs) Steph Curry. Well, I I mean, you act like Tim Donaghy was refing these games. Because we all know the, you know, I shared with you guys that Twitter thing with the one ref being like, hey, yeah, after so many games, we would get this report and they would tell us to emphasize this and that. And, And this league has been totally fine with, with Steph getting the shit kicked out of him off the ball. Many, many, and and with the ball for that matter, um, especially you know for for a superstar player. Um, so, so from that standpoint, I'm always cautious, right? Because Memphis is a really physical team; they're big. So if, if they're allowed to really body him up, Golden State could have some 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 struggles here and there. Obviously, the addition of Pool makes that um, a little bit more challenging. But um, I feel like Memphis could maybe push them to seven, uh, especially with uh, Ja being such a, a tough matchup. You know, a guard that big who can get into the paint. You know, as good as Clay is, 
Clay can't stay with him. Not yeah, coming yeah, off yeah. two years worth of injuries. Yeah, Clay can't stay exactly. with him. And uh, clearly Curry can't. Like you'd have to probably put Wiggins on him. Yes. And Ja with a head of steam. I mean, that dunk he had the other night was from the dots. And he yes. cocked it back. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yes. So that turns into one of the, now now that said. And, and the Warriors are, uh, I, I mean, they've they're pretty good defensively, but they give up too many too many corner threes. So if that starts to haunt them, if 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 Jaws getting his points, and they're hitting corner threes, and maybe they're turning the Warriors over, you know, seventeen times plus a night. I mean that that becomes a problem. But 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 I think Brian's instinct is also is not wrong. I mean. If, if the Warriors are disciplined and slow and and don't get sped up the way that a younger team like Minnesota does, they, they should be able to execute against them. So speaking of execution, um, what do you guys think about Boston? Are you guys surprised at what they did? And the only reason why I say this is because Boston, to me, what they did to KD collectively as a team, I had two thoughts when I saw it. One, when I was growing up playing ball, we always talked about busting the cutter. That if a guy comes through the lane and he's making a cut, he's got to feel it every time. They did that. I mean, it was art. It was beautiful to see them bust a cutter. And secondly, that what they did to KD was the closest thing to Jordan rules I've seen since. Detroit put the Jordan rules on Chicago 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago. So I'm, so I'm curious, Brian, I'll start with you. What did you think of Boston? I was impressed with Boston. Um, certainly. I mean, it's not a revelation that um, uh, Jason Tatum is that dude. Um, but I feel like they are, uh, and this is probably blasphemy, but uh, for Allen, but I feel like they're kind of Golden State esque in terms of like they just play really well together, and I feel like they have a good system, and certainly they found a great coach. So I just feel like they're just kind of hitting on all cylinders, and everything's working for them. Um, them going against uh, Milwaukee is going to be interesting with Middleton out. It's going to be uh, a little tough for them, but I I, I don't see how. If Milton's not going to play, and unless you're going to get, you know, seven straight games of, you know, Grace and Allen, um, you know, scoring 30 a night, like, Boston's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I agree. And I think Tatum went up a level. I think you can't have any discussion about a top five player without Jason Tatum because what he did in that series is real Kawhi Leonard vibes where I am checking your best player and I'm holding my own against him defensively and I'm giving you 30 plus a night. Those, that is, those are Kawhi Leonard vibes there. And, and so, it also feels, well, it also kind of feels like a, and I don't want to jump the gun here and be too in the mo- prisoner of the moment, but you have these moments every once in a while where somebody announces that they're here. And so it's almost, I don't want to say a changing of the guard moment, but, um, but the way that he deed up um, Durant, I mean, like that in addition to scoring all that he scored, 
Um, I just like you said, he just elevated. It's just another level now. Right. And now that he's reached that level, if that guy comes to me and says he wants a quarter of a billion dollars and you're giving me that effort. Yeah. I write that check and I don't think twice about it, but everybody else, you know, uh, they're ready to discuss tonight. Not so much. Um, so Al, were you impressed with Boston or, or, or were you not impressed by Boston? I mean, I was impressed with Boston. What, what you said is correct. Those little things. I, I mean, I still remember being a freshman and cutting across the lane in a practice. And one of the seniors, this cat named Joe Gardner, um, who was also a, uh, a DB for the football team and was lightly recruited by some Division I uh, football schools. He, this cat he, hit me so hard in the side of the head when I cut across the lane in practice that I kind of didn't want to play basketball anymore for about 13 seconds. But um, there's a lot I appreciate. Um, I also think, A, we've seen this from this team before where they looked like the best team in the league in the first round um, when things are clicking against a decent playoff team. But uh, it, it was also harder to evaluate because the, uh, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets don't have a head coach. So um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I don't it's get a glorified that. cheerleader. I, I, I do think Boston's good. And I do, if Middleton can't play, I think they end up beating Milwaukee. But if Middleton were healthy, I don't think they would. I, I think it'd be a. I don't I, think they can do to Giannis what they did to KD. Oh, God. No. I don't, I, I just don't. I think it's clear now Giannis is the best player in the world. And I just don't think that the, him coming downhill, because he's, KD's going to post up the elbow, he's going to get his positions, he's going to try to get his shots. Giannis is just coming straight downhill. He's a bull in a china shop. And Horford's 35 years old now. Like, they just, no, 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 no. Pat, what do you think about Boston? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old Boston fan. Uh, I actually have a, a Boston uh, cap and a couple of T-shirts. So I was excited to see them see them get the win and i'm i'm pleased that um that the that coach that i've been hearing so much for so many years about uh i'm gonna screw up his first name but i think his last name's udoka Yudaka? yeah Ime udoka he's also married to nia long but that's I was gonna say, also story yeah, really what he's really what he's known for is yes, being the husband tough. he's be, he's well most known for being the husband of nia long Okay, Nia Long, ph- phenomenal gal. Uh, always has been a, a nice, nice, uh, nice gal, and I think she's, God, she's older than us, right? So, you know, I think she's in her fifties. Yeah, she got yeah. So, bless his heart and her heart too. And I, I've, I've been waiting for this guy. I've, I've seen this guy on a lot of like threads of you know or or you know articles about the next big coaches i always like seeing guys like this he's been grinding it for years he's getting a shot at boston and uh he's making them look competent and i'm pretty sure al dog correct me if i'm wrong but isn't he a spurs disciple or is he from that coaching tree down there Oh gosh, I, I I'm pretty sure he is Patrick. I think he was. Yeah, a, I think he, he is. Yeah, yeah, he he was. He's he was. On, yeah, he was on the same staff with uh, Brett Brown and uh, uh, Milwaukee's coach. Yeah, he was a former player too. Yeah. Okay, so so he spent several years in in, in San Antonio, and 
I like Popovich. I don't like the Spurs. I'm just, I'm weird like that. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I don't know. I like seeing these guys succeed. And so uh, I'm interested to see that next uh, matchup uh, with Milwaukee. Presumably when that happens, I'm, I'm very sure that will. Um, isn't that who they play next? Is that, do I have that right? Yeah, they play Milwaukee. And, and okay. honestly, Pat, I feel like all the points you've raised are, are really spot on. I'm I, the only my only beef with Boston and Milwaukee is I wish it was a conference final. That's my only yeah. beef with it. It feels oh, like a conference not bad. final. Miami and no, they're listen, not. No, they're the not. East, and they played it listen, perfectly too because they avoided the Nets and they're going to avoid Boston or Milwaukee. So I, I want to make this vow to you all and your listeners. I, I came to this tonight not having watched a single minute of the playoffs, and I know Dennis threw the topic out there that we should watch the playoffs. I know enough about basketball to be dangerous, but. I don't really know what's going on in the Memphis series. Uh, I should probably watch it. But now that we've got like, you know, <clears throat> the final four set up in each uh, conference, I'm into this now because I, I'm interested in seeing the matchup with Mil- Milwaukee and Boston because it's two former pop guys going at it, right? Didn't uh, Budenholzer, wasn't he? Another yep. Yeah. He's a, he's a pop guy. Yep. He's a pop so guy. So we got, look, pops putting great coaches out there. They, they set their teams up. Uh, I think Allen's point is valid that the Brooklyn didn't have a coach. So I think it'll be a chess match. And um, ultimately, if Middleton is, you know, 80% Middleton, I think I'd still give the edge to Milwaukee. But uh, I don't know, man. Tatum played really well. I did put the Boston game on the other night. So I, I've watched several minutes of not a lot of games. But and Tatum looked really good. Like he looked very, very good, very competent. He's making long range shots. So I'm, I'm mildly excited about Boston. How's that? No, no. Yeah, I am too. Um, because they're healthy. They got Robert Williams back. And I think the key, Pat, to Boston, and Al, I'd like your perspective on this. I think the key to Boston is they were searching for so many years going back to 2018 when they traded for Kyrie. They were searching for a point guard when their point guard was on their roster the entire time. Because Marcus Smart has unlocked them defensively. Because now he's the head of the snake, he's the point guard, and he's actually playing offensively very well as a point guard, even though he's not a true point guard. But defensively, I slide Brown to the two, his natural spot. I slide Tatum to the three, his natural spot. Horford gives me solid minutes as a veteran presence at the four, and then I could slide him to the five in crunch time and I could slide Tatum to the four if I have to. Or I can slide Grant Williams, who – and, Pat, I look to you because Grant Williams played at Tennessee, and that guy, he's got real P.J. Tucker vibes. I don't know. That guy is so unathletic. Yet I saw him DKD or Kyrie up and move his feet and cause a turnover simply by playing defense correctly, and he's hitting corner threes. That guy's P.J. Tucker to me. That guy's going to be in the league for 12 years now, but when I see him, I'm like, this guy can't hoop. Yeah, he's been around a, a couple of years, uh, uh, and and what uh, what, do you, what year did he come out, 18 or 19? Something, I, I don't remember. know, something. He's, yesterday. He's, Let's he's call it yesterday. Dude. I mean, it, he's he's – He's he's a specimen. I mean, he's a, a physically gift. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big dude, uh, big physical athletic guy. Looks like he could, you know, take me in a headlock and squeeze my head off. So, I mean, you need guys like that. I mean, these you are do. The, guys the, the do the dirty work. guys that, 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 like you said earlier about knocking dudes around, these, this is the guy to do that. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, a lockdown defensive wizard, but I mean, he's, he's a hustle guy. He's a super athlete and you need those guys. Right, Alan? I mean, am I crazy here? What am, what am yeah, I talking no, about? No, but, 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 uh, you know, Dennis brought up, uh, where's Alan? Did Marcus he get to the Smart. toilet? Um, and, uh, and his, his role is, is anybody different. there? Yes, Mark, Pat, Pat we're here. We're here. Go on mute, Pat. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep going out. Yeah, Smart's <laughs> role is different. But I still can't kick the feeling in my gut that if Boston gets beat before the finals, there are going to be missed Marcus Smart three-point shots involved in that storyline. Yeah, because he does take a lot. He's hitting them right now because I noticed that, that yeah. he's taking a lot, and I'm noticing. I'm like, every time he shoots, I'm like, oh, here we go. But yeah. then he hits it, them, it, and I'm like, well, maybe you've improved your game, and maybe you're like a 35% shooter, and it's enough to keep the defense honest. Because I was surprised when, like, Grant Williams was hitting all these corner threes. I'm like, what did this guy become a three-ball guy? But, again, these guys are really working on their craft, and they take it serious, and they're professionals, and good yeah. for them, but – but it's it's you and yes, all of those things are true. But but I remember thinking this about Smart like three years ago. Like, oh wow, he can actually shoot the ball now. And then as the playoffs went on, it was like, oh no, now that the this team actually you know does crazy stuff like contest jump shots, now he doesn't make them anymore. Um, so so we'll see how that. Like, like I said, that that's the the part for me that will always make me nervous is is him shooting the basketball. No, and that makes sense, and that and that makes sense. But I will say what I, at least what I noticed in this first round series was that he seemed to be getting a lot of more, a lot more open looks because so much attention was going to Tatum and Brown, and Brown is like the perfect two to Tatum's one to me, um, and I would be absolutely comfortable paying those two guys max money and then surround them with other guys. And the fact that they're only paying smart like $52 million over four years is like perfect. Like I will pay a third guy that level and then let me surround everybody else. Um, yeah. That you know, and sense. let me do it that way. So speaking of Boston, clearly Boston has beaten the Nets. So before we get into the eulogy for the Nets, and I got all kind of smoke for them, I do have to say – and Al, this is for you and Brian. Did the Knicks dodge a bullet by Katie and Kyrie deciding to go to Brooklyn? Al, I'll go to you first. Uh, short answer, yes. Um, since it became a package deal. Long answer, God bless America, KD. Just do what's best for you and go play in the garden and average 35 and they will shower you with love. And it's it, it, so, so, so it's frustrating, you know, because uh, um, th- this is multiple times now that we've seen some weird personnel things happen 
you know, like I, I remember the rumor being back in the day that, <clears throat> that uh, LeBron wanted to, to bring people to Cleveland. You know, he wanted to bring Wade to, to, to Cleveland, and and it was actually the, the, the third best player of the three. Chris Bosch was like, I'm not playing in Cleveland. We got to do this in Miami. Um, I remember they tried to get Mike Red. I remember, yeah. like, there was talk of Mike Red coming to Cleveland, and I want to say it was like five years, 70 million. And Milwaukee was like, wait a minute, we'll give you six and 92. And he was yeah. like, I'm not even from Cleveland. Right. And, and, and so, so it's like, uh, yes, I, I do think that the, the Knicks dodged a bullet with that um, be, because Kyrie is clearly whatever it is that he is, but he's certainly not about winning basketball games and winning championships. Um, uh, KD's a, a special talent, but like we've said, too, I mean, I feel I feel so weird being overly critical of that level of talent, but you can't change the fact that his best basketball was played when he had a teammate who drew two defenders when he was 30 feet away from the basket. I agree. I agree. And I don't blame him for going to Golden State. I don't even blame him for leaving. I blame him for partnering with Kyrie thinking this is the guy I'm this is the hill I'm going to die on. I'm going to die on the hill with Kyrie. with Kyrie. To me, that's a that's a bad business decision. And if I was him knowing Kyrie was a free agent, I'd go to ownership and the GM and say, "Don't re-sign him. We'll figure it out, but don't bring him back." <laughs> but that's just me. Um Brian did the yes. Knicks? Did your Knicks dodge a bullet with Katie and Kyrie in this in this clown show? <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't see how the answer is anything other than yes. But um, to Alan's point, if this is what Katie is going to do, um, then why not just you know score your you know twenty five and whatever and. Just play at the garden, and because in a weird sort of way, your prospects of winning the title—I don't know that they're any greater in Brooklyn as constituted right now than they would be in the, playing as a Nick. So, um, and it could be that uh, I don't like to question people's heart or their mental because I don't know—we don't know these people. But it could be, just from the outside looking in, is it possible that KD's just the type of guy that was like, he's fighting to get to the mountaintop, i.e. get some titles. He won two titles, and now at this point, the rest of it's just, I'm just going to hoop until I can't hoop anymore. So I'm just going to hoop with my friend, or hoop with my friends, plural. Um, And, you know, because it's not like he's broke. So he can just hoop to the end of time now. He's got his titles. That's a good point. you know what I mean? So he might just be the type of guy who's like, listen, I've played, I've got my money, I've got my titles, I'm just going to play for the love of it now, and whatever happens, happens. And you know so, what? That's so, funny so, you so, mentioned so, that. Go ahead, go ahead. I put a, to put a bow on that, to more or less to say, like, if that's all you're going to do, then yes, why don't you just go and play for the Knicks? But on the flip <laughs> side, you know, I mean, 
what is that really? Institutionally, the Knicks have to decide what they're doing. I feel like they're like this is like the this is you know year twenty seven of the rebuild, right? And I don't know that bringing KD in is going to help anything. I don't think it's going to help you be anything better than making the playoffs and getting knocked out of the first or the second round. Right. No, I I don't disagree with you. And and I, the narrative around KD is that hey, um, I wanted my own team, so I left Golden State because I wanted my own team. It was Steph's team. It was his city. It was his franchise. I don't buy that narrative, but I think the reality of it is is that it's not just Steph's team or city or franchise. It belongs collectively to Steph K to Steph. Clay and Draymond and you can divvy up the percentages however you like but it belongs to the three of them and he fit into that and yeah he was finals MVP twice and he was the best player on a finals team twice in the whole nine but he doesn't have any equity there the way that those guys do those guys are going to go in the hall of fame together and they probably will never play for another team other than that one it's special. And there's something to be said about the guys that are homegrown. And I go back to my earlier point, Brian, I don't think you were on. My favorite version of Golden State is the version that doesn't have Durant. That's my favorite version of them in whatever iteration it is. But I like them better because they were homegrown guys. They did it that way. And so, you know, I do think the Knicks dodged a bullet. So with that being said, um, we have reached um, the end of the show, the beginning of the end. And so I want to be able to carve out a little time to properly give the Nets a eulogy because I was openly rooting for Boston. Um, I think a lot of people were. As many people know um, who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, they know how I feel about Kyrie. Um. I had to beat the shit out of him as a teammate on site every time I saw him because he cost us a championship. And I felt this way. And if you go back and listen, I've been very, very clear about this. So the fact that this came to fruition, I was not shot, but I was openly rooting for them to lose. But, and I want to make sure that I, that I say this the right way. And I want to give people the proper context here. So they got swept. Boston beat them for nothing. And the games were close, but Boston won them all. After game three, Kyrie says, our biggest problem as a team is that we just haven't had any time to gel. We haven't had any time together as a team to really go through things and work through things and all of this. And then after game four, he says, they ask him a question about where you're going to be a free agent. You know, so what are your future plans? Do you think you'll resign? And he says, no, no, no. I'm going to be here with Kevin and me and Joe, who is the owner, and Sean, who's the GM, and Kevin. And we're going to figure things out, and we're going to run this franchise, and we're going to steer this thing the way that this thing needs to be steered. And to give you guys some background for those who don't know, Kyrie Irving since he left LeBron and asked to be traded to Boston, has not played an entire season since 2017. 
And this guy basically quit on Boston and then periodic was injured when he got to New to Brooklyn and then periodically took sabbaticals. The the most infamous sabbatical is well, you know, the Capitol on January sixth got stormed and it's messing with me mentally, so I need a few days off because I'm not feeling well. Which is totally understandable because that impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But then two days later, on his birthday, pops up at a birthday party, unmasked and unvaccinated during this sabbatical and this time away. And so I've reached a point where I'm done with this motherfucker. I'm done with him. So... I'm, I'm saying this from the heart with my full chest. Fuck this guy. This guy's full of shit. He's an well, asshole. And this is Kyrie Irving I'm speaking about. And oh, I know. T- I was just going to tell Brian to turn his TV down because we can hear the draft. <laughs> I just heard the yeah, little sound. For those who don't know, we're recording, during the, we're recording during the NFL draft. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit going on tonight. I'm sure this is the Steelers pick coming up. And I'm, no, no, no. We've no, passed that. No, no. They, hold we on. passed them. Did, hold on. Let me make a bad joke. Did they take a quarterback? They did. They no, did, and they took the one you didn't think they were going to take. Because... <laughs> Yeah, that's a terrible joke. God, I hate myself for that. Um, no, no, no. This yeah, is what we, we need. You know, this is a basketball pod, but I'm still processing. I thought <laughs> I, Malik Willis. I really I thought you take Malik Willis, and then you took Kenny Pickett. But I guess took small going, hands, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, if I'm going to defend the pick, Pitt uh, trains in their building with Pittsburgh, so with the you knew him. Makes sense. So you know him. You know everything about him. Makes so, sense. Like, so it makes sense, but I'm just trying to make it make sense. <laughs> oh my god! That's a different. That's a different pod for a different day. Yes, it, it is. is. It makes me miss the draft parties we used to have, and I'll never forget the time when we had the draft party at the house, Brian, and the Dolphins took Ted Ginn and oh, Ron, Ron Bout lost Ron, his oh, shit. <laughs> he lost. This is back when the draft was on. The first round was on Saturday. <laughs> And he, we used to have a massive draft party for those that don't know. And everybody would like bring, you know, what they were going to sip on or maybe a little lunch or something. And we would just sit around and just crack jokes about how your team screwed up in the first round. And the Dolphins took Ted Ginn and Ron lost his shit. It was so fucking funny. It was well, so funny. Hell, but that's we, we had a, a draft party at my first house uh, one time, too, that uh, – it ended in very ugly means, um, but 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 it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Is that what? Did I fall down at that? I think you fell down, and yeah. I, I think we ran to the uh, the uh, certified station around the corner at about eleven p.m. to restock our uh, beverages. Yeah, I might have slept in the basement. <laughs> yeah, the NFL draft when it was on Saturday, it would do that to you because it was a marathon. Yeah. It was like yeah. the first three rounds or whatever were were Saturday and it started at noon and then they switched it to this primetime deal. So it's not the same anymore cuz by the time you get to Saturday it's like I'm not sitting around for six round picks but I think I remember that. Wasn't that the draft that that uh, Ben Raplesberger got picked in? I'm pretty sure it was. No, no. He it was it was a couple of years after that. No, no, no. I'm saying that how the party that I was at and Alan's, oh, I think, Alan's okay. I think Rapeless, I think Rapeless Burger was yeah, picked I'm trying that to remember year. who all was there. I know Ron Briggs was there. 
I don't well, remember if the Tubbses were there or not. I feel I like was you not. Were. I don't. I, I don't think. Did you guys have my first house? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm. Oh, the one in Westgate. Yeah. I remember that house, but I don't think I was there for that. Okay. Sorry, sorry, I'm polluting the podcast. No, 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 no. no. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's all right. It's sometimes, so, no, no, it's good. It's sometimes we have to take a side turn. So, um, so no, I, I, I'm fucking out on Kyrie, and you guys know that I'm I'm done with that fucking guy. But but I want to be clear about why I'm out on Kyrie after his game three comments, which I just mentioned about how well we don't have time to gel, and you know we just needed more time. You needed more time because your ass wouldn't get vaccinated. So you missed half the season, and then you only played the road games. So then you could only play the home games in the spring when they lifted the mandate, but they only lifted it because the Yankees were getting ready to play. It had nothing to do with you. So you play... 20 some odd games or however many games he played and then had the nerve and Tubbs thank you for putting me on to it the thing I listened to today this guy called him the Putin of point guards (laughs) and I can't and I can't unhear that now he's a dickhead (laughs) and an asshole he believes the world is flat he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. There's nothing worse than a guy who believes he's the smartest guy in the room when clearly he isn't. And that's who he is. And I'm telling you now, if I was his teammate, I would. they would have to trade me because I would beat the shit out of him every time I saw him because he cost us a chance to win the title. And I said this six months, not even three months ago, four or five months, check the tape. I said it then. I mean it then, I mean it then, I mean it now. If I see him, I beat his ass on sight. We could have won the title, but your dumb ass wouldn't let us do it. And we all sacrificed for it. And well, now I'm, he I'm, wants a quarter of a billion dollars. <clears throat> can you give, Pat, can you give a guy a quarter of a billion dollars who believes the earth is flat? Not one. Not a guy that's claimed, it, I mean, the biggest moment of his career, and let's not, let's not, sugarcoat it was making a three-point shot against the the Warriors I think Alan pointed that out the other day but also uh, he's uh, and I said this to you before we started taping taping this or whatever you want to call it we uh he's a very good basketball player I mean his skills are incredible he does all of those things well but he's just not that guy that that is gonna win you a series uh he's just not that kind of player and and I think that We've got it all twisted after he made a three and you know <clears throat> against Golden State a few years ago that somehow he's this he's this big time player well, and he just he just isn't. Go ahead, Al. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, you guys know I'd love to reverse the results of that finals for multiple reasons, but but the biggest being that. Hold on, hold on. Before you go there, I want to say just for the record, I used to hate when you would do that. Not because I was a Cavs fan, but just because I think Golden State gets too much love. But now with Kyrie, I, I am somewhat with you on the fact I wish he never hit that shot because he's been dining on that shot for the last six years. And no, I, I, I am I've come to the dark side, Alan. I am with you. Well, well, welcome. And, and and what I mean is like I, I'm not faulting anybody. 
you know, I, I mean, professional coaches are going to do what they've got to do to win. But what Cleveland looked at their situation and they said, what do we need to do? Aside from, you know, all the tinfoil hat stuff with Nike um, and the, and the suspension, <laughs> they, they said, we have to just go one-on-one every play. It's either LeBron or Kyrie goes one-on-one every play because they're, they're difficult guys to guard. So that's what we're going to do. And because of the way that Cleveland was allowed to guard Golden State, it worked. They won a championship with it. But Kyrie came out of that thinking that he was now some savant with this understanding of how to win. It's like, no, dude. No, you played with you played with one of the best players of all time. Yeah, and you guys, <laughs> you guys were allowed to hack the shit out of people like like we did thirty years ago, which again would be fine if if it went both ways. But but like, he he just got this outsized mindset of himself. Inflation. And it's yeah, it's crazy it now. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I think he's a douchebag. I've always thought he was a douchebag, but um, I did like his Uncle Drew character. I, I ain't going to lie. I thought that was really funny, and I enjoyed it. Although, although that movie that, was a lot worse him. than, like, I mean, I, I'm thinking Shaq, Chris Webber, Reggie Miller. I thought that movie was going to be kind of fun, but it was all about the one, I don't even remember his name, the comedian dude who took up way too much screen time and it wasn't even that funny. I was like, no, I, I, I want to watch Shaq and Reggie be funny. I, I don't want to watch you. I, don't know you no, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. But but that movie was about what I expected it to be because you kind of need a comedian to kind of tie it all together. But but between his between the comments at Game 3 and then the comments at Game 4 that, oh, we're going to figure this out and we're going to run this franchise. And don't get me wrong. I'm not naive. I know that if you're going to make a major move in the NBA, you're going to consult your star, your star players on this. I get it. But if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm signed here for another three years after the bullshit we just went through, I got a half a mind. Not even half a mind. If it was me, I tell the owner, don't re-sign him. Spend that money somewhere else. That's what I would do. In fact, I'm not going to lie to you guys. If I was the owner, I'd be half inclined to not re-sign Kyrie, trade KD, because I'm. it's diminishing returns. He's been in the league 15 years now. It's diminishing returns. I've got a half a mind to trade KD and rebuild this whole thing. Because yeah, I am I not anywhere <clears throat> close to a title if Kyrie is on my roster. And don't get me wrong. As a basketball player, he can like he's amazing, but mentally he is so far out to lunch. And we've all been around people who are not as smart as what they think they are. And he's one of those people. And so I'm done. Like, I've always been out on him, but I'm like for real, for real out on him. Like, and not to bring it full circle, but Brian Al, the Knicks dodged a bullet. I would much rather be the Knicks and try to figure out how to build a team than to have to deal with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. You said sure. it right there. There it is. 
Um, I mean, it, it'll get some extra eyeballs, I guess, to the set. But then, you know, they say in sports, your your best ability is availability, and Kyrie's just not available. So, but by choice, Brian, but it, it's no, different no, I, if you're no, not no, available. I, no, I get injury, that, but, 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 but I mean, you can you can chop it up any way you want. But he, at the end of the day, not available. So, I don't know how helpful he truly is, right? Um, I just, I don't know. The Knicks are a whole like Knicks corner could be a whole podcast. I don't, we'll talk about that later. But, um, but yeah, they're just. I'm they're with you, brother. <laughs> they're frustrating and I don't know I think KD probably would be better served being on the Knicks than he would be and not saying that as a fan but just like if this is what you're getting in Brooklyn you can do you could do that anywhere that's not special like you could do that whatever what you're doing there you could do that you could do that in Orlando if it's just about the check but is is Jay is Jay-Z still a part owner of the Nets no I he think sold he, it no, I think he, he sold, sold it because, because he got into being an or uh, being an agent, so you can't be an agent and an owner. Uh, yeah, so he sold. It's it longer. Well, for the two percent he owned of the Nets, his money goes a lot further as an agent. Oh yeah, for sure. He's, I mean, he he can buy his better seats. I mean, you know. So let me ask you guys this: If you would you resign? <clears throat> would you resign Kyrie for fifty million a year for five years? No. No. Unanimous. Not in good. Con- Did you say yes, Alan? Oh, 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 God! No, that was just me clicking the button. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> fucking Christ! I, I mean, I was actually trying to think of how low the dollar value would have to be for me to have that jackhole on my team, and it, it's nothing he would ever sign for, so it's it's irrelevant. It's a one year deal. It's a, I can't I I'm like Stephen A. Smith. I could give you a one year deal, but there is no way because he might shot he might decide not to show up to work one day. He could say the war in Ukraine affects his mental health and he's not going to show up to work. And I've got I'm paying you a quarter of a billion dollars, and you're going to tell me you can't show up to work because of the war in Ukraine. I, I mean, the, the contract stipulations I would have to have. That's what I'm saying. With that clown. Or, I mean, I would just be, I'd tell his agent, look, this is what you're up against. You know, take a half a day to think about it. Otherwise, I'm going to go spend some money for one of these guys who like seems to like the sport of basketball. And, and, and we'll go from there. I can't give a quarter of a billion dollars to somebody who believes the earth is flat. No, I mean people believe what they believe. Like in, in it, and no, 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 I'm, no. No, you that, can't get that off. You no, can believe what on, you want to believe, on. but if I got to pay you, there are some absolute truths in this world. There are. The world is not fucking flat. It just isn't. And then I got to give the guy who believes that a quarter of a billion dollars. Come on, Tubbs, get the fuck out of here. There's no way. Uh, do we know no he way. believes? Do, do we know he believes that though? I, mean, we, uh, I still go back to he's got to be fucking with people, right? There's no way that I think he. I, I mean, is he that? Dense? Pat, he said it with his chest. He said it with his chest. He believed it. <clears throat> Alan, do you really think he believes that? I want to hear what you think. There's no way he can, right? 
I, I, I get what Dennis is saying, but but I, I, I do think that, um, the you know, there are so many angles in this new world that we live in that for a guy like him who clearly doesn't truly give a fuck about like a band of brothers and what you're trying to do. Even though he spent all this time getting better. I mean, I hope he wasn't born with the, the ability to dribble like this. Maybe he was, he's obviously aided by current rules, but he's, he's had to have had some angle where he's thinking about this in the, in a way of monetizing things, um, you know, more clicks, more whatever. I, I, I hope he doesn't believe it's flat. He's going to tell you, he's going to tell you that the Keystone pipeline is the reason why he needs to skip practice today. I don't, I, I don't need, I'm not even sure I know what that is, but it aggravates me. It aggravates exactly. Me you saying exactly. That. The shit's out of fucking left field. This guy's going to come up with anything. He's going to say, hey, I heard McDonald's is making pizza and it makes me depressed, so I can't come to work today. If you don't get your black ass to work, I'm paying you a quarter of a billion dollars. I don't give a shit if McDonald's serves fried roaches. You better come in here and shoot around the mall. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing you got to say. And that's well, a guy you give a quarter of a billion dollars to? No way. You don't throw good money after bad. No way. Well, especially when, like, you know, we we speak of this stuff in the current context, and the world has become so bubble-wrapped that it's normalized. But then we take a step back and say, like, holy shit. I was back at work, working 60-hour weeks, three days after my father died. Right. Because that's how I'm fucking wired. Now, there there was some strategy there. My boss understood the type of person I am and just knew that the best therapy for me was bury me in fucking work. So I didn't sit around and think about it. But, but like, just the differences in the people is hilarious. Like, this is a guy who's gone, he's going to ask for like three weeks off because, like, you know, the, the, the flag was the wrong color. I can't, I, I can't, listen, I want to be clear. We have all been through things in our life that got us down where our mental health was impacted and you were depressed. Um, whatever, you know, psychological term you want to use for it. I'm not, I'm not degrading that, but to use that as a crutch and weaponize that against, against not necessarily your employer per se, but to do that and then use that as an excuse to just go do whatever you want to do is where I kind of have to draw the line. And this guy is just. I can't. He's frustrating. I mean, he's frustrating to no get out. Like, I don't. I I don't disagree, but you know, I think it's one of those things where, as frustrating as he is, and this you probably have this in any in any industry, 
but he's damn good at what he does. When he shows up and he plays, he's damn good at what he does. And can you replace that? Brian, he's a pretty girl that smokes cigarettes. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins. That's who he is. That's who he is, Tubbs. He's a pretty girl that smokes cigarettes. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with that? I mean... like. Not you specifically, the royal you. Like, are you cool with that? It's a pretty girl to smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Are you cool with that? Because some people are, some people aren't. What, what, you know what, what I mean? Make, what, what makes it shakier, and I'm going to be mean, which, you know, it, it, oh, God, it's 2022. Am I allowed to be mean? He doesn't be careful for shit. I care about you. So, so you got to add that in. You know, he, he's got this skill set that we have recognized, yes. Um, but the, the, the when it's five on five out there, like the people that he is assigned to don't feel much resistance when they're trying to get to the rim. Um, so, so, so I think that's the other thing that complicates that Max contract decision is the fact that he's going to average 35 a night if we put the ball in his hands the whole night. But the guy he guards is or, or the fact he doesn't rotate on defense. He doesn't do like there's his plus minus is probably fairly low. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys because uh, for giving this eulogy for the Nets. So from the chest, fuck Kyrie, and it'll always be that way. Um, so to wrap this up, I want to do a quick set. I want to do a new a new thing. So I- I'm going to kick this off first, and Pat, I'm going to give it to you, and then we'll go to Brian, and we'll go to Al. <clears throat> so Pat, I'm going to start a new thing, and I'm going to ask everybody um, that comes on the pod this question. So the question is, what hill are you going to die on? And so I got a lot of hills that I'm, not a lot, but I got a few hills I'm willing to die on. The one hill I'm willing to die on tonight is that there's no fucking way you can give Kyrie or James Harden a quarter of a billion dollars based on what we've seen. I will die on that hill. And any team that does that has signed their death certificate that they're never winning a title. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Pat, what hill are you going to die on? I'll keep it topical. Uh, I'm going to say the Golden State Warriors are going to hoist the uh, the uh, the trophy. They're going to win. The Ooh, way to, way to put your nuts on the table, Pat. I love it. I like their mojo. I like everything about Golden State. Uh, I'm certainly not the Warrior fan that, that Allen is, but I love all their players. I love what they do. I love their business model. I've always appreciated how they've done it, uh, and that's my hill. I'm going to say Golden State somehow is going to win this title. I don't know how they're going to do it. It's probably going to be really scary at times, but I think they're going to get it done. And it'll probably be their last one with this group, right? With with uh, Yeah, I think so. With, with the I, I OG so. guys. This will probably be their last one, but I think it'll be a nice uh, bookend to the careers of guys like you know Clay, who's been you know saddled with injuries the last few years. Draymond Green getting, I, I think his he's a fantastic guy. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful player. But that's my hill. And if they did it, this would be my favorite title that they won. I, oh I, yeah, I agree, you gotta I love what that. they're doing. I mean, I mean, uh, Curry's been coaching his ass off, man. 
Not that he yeah. doesn't anyway, but he's been he's been fantastic. Absolutely, Tubbs. What hill are you going to die on? Um, this is maybe a, a, a newer one, but I will say that I think that the NBA should uh, receive the playoffs in the same way that the NFL does. I think it'd be I think it would be interesting, and I think it would add a little bit more. I don't want to say strategy, but you know, a lot of people you know tank some games to avoid Brooklyn. Which obviously is a non-factor now, but I mean, I think if you reseed it, maybe some, maybe that's not necessarily a factor. So just to make sure I understand, you wanted to be single elimination. Is that what you're saying? Like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm usually like you know at the, you know how at the end of the first weekend of the NFL playoffs, the top seed always plays the lowest. Gotcha. Whichever one is either. That's what I'm saying for the NBA. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Al, what hill are you going to die on? Or are you uh, not willing to die on any hill? Alan? It'll probably in, it'll probably involve Canadian club whiskey. Yeah, there's a decent chance of that. That 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 <laughs> might be involved right now. <laughs> that might be the hill he's dying on right now is Canadian club whiskey. There's nothing and wrong di- with that. <laughs> and, and and Coke. So, oh, all right, fellas. We listen, Al, we, lo- we lost Al Dog. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did, but we got to wrap up. So I know. Um, so with that, thank you guys oh, for jumping oh, oh, on. Sorry, guys, I'm back. No, no, okay, real there. quick, what what hill are you going to die on, Al? I'm going to, uh, oddly, die on the hill of um, shit, I had something I don't. Go ahead and cut me off. <laughs> Canadian club got the best Canadian of club, folks. Canadian club. That's a hill he's going to die on tonight, Canadian club. And with that. There it is. Uh, thank you guys for jumping on. This has been good. I really wanted to unpack all this. Uh, NFL, the first round of NFL draft is going on right now, but listen, it wasn't super exciting tonight. So, uh, but I'm really willing to get through this. But listen, we'll do this again as maybe we get closer to the finals. Uh, we'll, we'll revisit all this. But thank you guys for jumping on. And listen, if it, I would love for you guys to share your feedback on this. Uh, email the pod, tall, tat, and educated at gmail.com. With that, fellas, thank you for jumping on. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, fellas. Peace.